8 o'clock on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in Hour 3 of the program. Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim is going to join us in just a moment here to kick off Hour 3. Getting hyped up for the 2026 FIFA World Cup in Vancouver. Uh, Hour 3 of this program is brought to you by Campbell and Pound real estate appraisers trust the expertise of campbell and pound visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today we are coming to you live from the kintech studio kintech canada's favorite orthotics provider powered by thousands of five-star google reviews sore feet what are you waiting for kintech that's what you're waiting for you know what i'm looking forward to what talking to a fellow mcgee grad oh nice you know we're gonna we're gonna class up the show a little bit Instead of your downtrodden co-host here. Well, yeah. Uh, the 2022 FIFA World Cup, the big announcement was on Sunday that Vancouver is getting seven matches, uh, including a round of 32. Yeah, there's a round of 32 now at the World Cup and a round of 16 game, which is going to be fantastic. All of them at BC Place. So we thought, let's reach out to Ken Sim, the mayor of Vancouver, to find out more about the prep that's already going into the World Cup. So joining us now, as mentioned, Mayor of Vancouver, Ken Sim, here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Morning, Ken. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? We're good. Thanks for taking the time to do this. We really appreciate it. Let's start big picture here. What does hosting all these World Cup games, seven World Cup games, mean for the city of Vancouver? It's going to be massive, and I do not think that Vancouverites appreciate how large this is going to be. Uh, we have seven games, uh, including a round of 32 and a round of 16, which are knockout games. Um, you know, people think, uh, you know, each game is the size of a Super Bowl, and they are completely wrong. Um, the average Super Bowl draws about uh, 115 million viewers. Uh, an opening round game for World Cup draws about 350 million, and it just builds from there. So, like, literally, we are getting the equivalent of 30 to 40 Super Bowls in the city of Vancouver over a month-long period. It's going to be insane. What does that mean for businesses in the city? Uh, a few things. So leading up to uh, World Cup and about five years after, we estimated, and it's going to change because we got more games, but we estimated the economic impact would be about a billion dollars to the local economy, about 900,000 visitors uh, uh, through Vancouver. And so so that's going to be uh, even larger. But uh, I think, um, you know, when you think of Expo 86, when you think of the Olympics, uh, it, it was basically an, an advertisement for Vancouver. And we showed the world um, that we were here. And a month-long, um, you know, World Cup with over six billion people that follow soccer, and they're going to see Vancouver uh, highlighted for a month. It's going to be huge for the local economy, not only during World Cup, but for you know decades after. So, how can you, as the mayor and your staff, take advantage of all the times the city will be shown to a global audience? How can we make the best impression possible on all the visitors to our city? Well, I think there's, well, that, that's like a, a big question. Um, I, I think Vancouverites um, um, should be happy to know that uh, we have a huge team working on it, and it's not just the city of Vancouver. You know, you have the Canadian Soccer Association, you have um, city of Vancouver folks, you have Destination BC, you have Pavco, you have the province, you have YVR. And so the planning's in place, and uh, we're just going to make sure that we pull off an amazing um, games in 2026. Uh, you know, when you 
you, when you speak with, uh, we, we've had conversations with FIFA, and they're already using Vancouver as a role model city, um, pointing to it as an example with respect to, let's say, communications um, and putting the brand out there. And so um, we're doing a great job already. And by we, I mean the whole community. And I think, uh, you know, uh, as it relates to what locals can do and what businesses can do, just get ready. And when, uh, you know, when the world comes here, let's put on our best face and be ready for it. And if we knock the cover off the ball, tourists will come uh, for generations to come and they'll visit our city. Um, How much guidance do you get from FIFA? Uh, you know, we do get quite a bit of guidance. Uh, they do have a pretty uh, strict set of rules. Um, and a lot of this I can't disclose because we're mm. bound by confidentiality agreements. But they, they put on a pretty good show. They've done it before and they learn um, with every successive games that they put on. Uh, on top of that, you know, Vancouver is no stranger to hosting uh, incredible events. It started with the Expo 86, uh, then the Olympics. We've actually hosted three World Cups. Uh, the last one was the Women's World Cup in, what, 2016. And so we we do have a lot of muscle memory here and we've learned by doing and so um, we can bring that to the table as well and uh, you know um, t- together it's I, I think it's just going to be fabulous when you imagine the World Cup coming in in two years um, how how is the city and how are all the organizers going to make it fun for all the fans who won't be inside BC place for the games that is a great question, and that's why we go to a bunch of different events, um, you know, to see how they're hosted. You know, went to Qatar um, to see uh, the activations and what worked well and what didn't work well. And you're right, um, most individuals, um, it, it's going to be challenging because we only have uh, so many uh, seats in that stadium, and you know, there are going to be hundreds of thousands of people in our city that are going to want to participate. So I would liken it kind of uh, like to a Super Bowl uh, from that perspective like I I think of this weekend all the people that are going to be going down to Las Vegas and very few of them are going to have tickets but they are going to experience um, the atmosphere that's the Super Bowl they're going to go to the activations put on by the NFL and other organizations and they're really going to soak it up and so we need to be ready we need to do a great job so we can welcome the world but also we can give uh, all our local businesses you know a boost in the arm so to speak Uh, it's it's a huge opportunity um, for the local economy to really celebrate it and welcome um, guests, but also make sure that residents of Vancouver and the Lower Mainland and BC can have a great time, even if they do not have a ticket. And we're speaking to Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Okay, Ken, so we know that the tournament's going to open uh, at the Azteca in Mexico. We know that the first Canada game is going to be at BMO Field in Toronto. We know where the final is going to be. So a lot of the key elements of the tournament have already been announced. One that hasn't is the actual draw, which is a huge thing. So I know you got confidentiality agreements with FIFA and whatnot, but do you have any insight or any idea that you could tell us or our listeners about the possibility of maybe the draw? being in Vancouver. Yeah, I, I can't mention anything. Um, well, I try. You know, and, and, and don't read that the wrong way. Um, just, you know, I, even if uh, I knew, and, and I, if I did or didn't, I couldn't tell you. Um, but, you know, Ed, let's just put it this way. We are extremely happy for what we've gotten so far. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a home run. Um, you know, it, it, if we were to choose uh, the opening match versus 
to uh, home uh, Team Canada games, uh, we would choose to every single time. Right. Also, I, I think how the, uh, the table works, if we win the group, and I'm literally knocking on my head, knocking on wood right now, <laughs> um, the round of 32 <laughs> would be a, a Team Canada home game. And if we won that, uh, the round of 16 would be a Team Canada home game in Vancouver. So if we do incredibly well, we have four Team Canada games here. Regardless, we have a knock, we have two knockouts. Like we, we won the lottery already, and um, you know, um, it, it'd be great if we, uh, you know, won another lottery, so to speak. Um, are you worried about everyone having a place to stay while in town? It's not like you can build a bunch of new hotels in the next two years, and I know there is a hotel room shortage in the city. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, stating the uh, the obvious, we do have constraints when it comes to hotel rooms. And while our council has pushed to have more um, hotel rooms uh, built and um, people are signing up now, a lot of these rooms will not be built till after 2026. And so, um, you know, we can... Um, you know, take a page out of, um, you know, Cutter's book, book, so to speak. They actually brought cruise ships in, so we can look at that. Um, we can look at, uh, you know, how we look at uh, Airbnb rules uh, during, uh, you know, during the World Cup. Um, we can also look at uh, how this... Uh, um, how the region gets involved because you don't just have to stay in Vancouver. You could um, stay in Burnaby. You can stay throughout the lower mainland. You can stay on the island. We have a fast ferry that goes to Nanaimo. We will do whatever it takes to make sure uh, that we have the most amount of rooms possible and people can get in and out of our city and enjoy the game, um, whether regardless if they have a ticket or not. Um, but we will have to roll up our sleeves and look at this problem a little differently. What is the state of tourism in Vancouver? Is it is it healthy? I know the pandemic was so hard for businesses, and now I, I worry about things like smoke in the summer and how much that impacts businesses. You know, does, do people now think about that if they're going to book a trip to Vancouver? I used to say that Vancouver's got the best summers in the world, but now, you know, I, I you know, even when I'm planning my vacation, you know, do I take August off? Is it going to be smoky here? I sure hope we don't have smoke during the World Cup. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately, this is the new reality. And it's not just um, uh, Vancouver. It's it, it's everywhere, like it, be it Europe, North America, Australia, Asia. Um, that's just the new reality. And um, those are things that we don't necessarily, well, we, we don't control it. Just mm-hmm. if it happens, it happens. And we have to be prepared for it. And I do remember during the Women's World Cup, we it was smoky. And so... Um, that being said, we still hosted a pretty successful Women's World Cup, and you know we'll deal with that challenge uh, when we have it. And uh, when it uh, comes to the tourism sector, yeah, it was it was a tough time during COVID, and I do think uh, the industry is coming back, and we still have uh, challenges that we have to address to make it uh, easier for businesses to do business in the city of Vancouver. That way, they can be successful, and um, you know it helps us put on a good show, and it's good for everyone. Now, hooliganism isn't the problem that it used to be in soccer, um, where if you were a host city, you were like, please don't let England be in our city. Or, you know, like there were certain countries that you you really didn't want to set up shop. But there are still skirmishes between groups at times. How will you work with the police to make sure that sort of thing doesn't happen or get out of control? Because you might not have like the institutional knowledge to deal with that type of fan rivalry. Will there be consulting with police in, in, in Europe that have more experience in that area? 
Yes, uh, and that's a great point. And so, you know, um, a lot of uh, time and efforts put into security. Uh, VPD, for example, they actually sent uh, two of our members to Doha to observe what was going on in their security infrastructure. And it will be a group effort. Uh, you know, VPD will be involved. RCMP will be involved. Our national, you know, um, you know, agencies will be involved and we will be working with uh, U.S. authorities as well and, um, you know, basically global um, uh, global infrastructure. And so uh, a lot of time and efforts put into that. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, Vancouver does also have a history of dealing with, uh, you know, um, you know, challenging events after Stanley Cup Finals uh, back in 94 and 2011. And so, uh, you know, terrible situation, but we can take that institutional knowledge and you wrap it all up uh, into one. And um, I'm very confident that we will be able to, ra- you know, proactively address issues um, before they become issues and we'll be able to react to issues um, if they do become, um, you know, um, concerns. I know it's two years away, but it's still super exciting now that the picture is coming more into focus. Ken, uh, thank you very much for taking the time to do this today. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Uh, That's Ken Sim, the mayor of Vancouver here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. I tried to get him to confirm the the FIFA World Cup draw. That's the that's the is that the rumor? It's the hot. I mean, it's not a rumor, but people are kind of piecing it together that like all these other sort of prominent cities have gotten Mm. things. Um, Do you remember how good Vancouver looked when they set the media center up um, overlooking Stanley Park and the water and the mountains there? Like that view during the Olympics was, you know, that was incredible. That's the other rumor. Oh, really? They might put the FIFA media center in Vancouver. Oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, at the the convention center. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Um, Aesthetically, they want to be in Vancouver. Yeah, FIFA, because of the way that it looks and, and the dynamic of the city and where it yeah. ranks globally. And On TV, big, it looks amazing, right? right? Like all due respect to East Rutherford, New Jersey. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I mean, that's New, whoa, 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 but, whoa, whoa. but that's New. It's New York, right? I, mean, I know it make, is, but I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, it's just like I love people texting in. By the way, I mean, like you really asking him about the smoke? Like, oh, are you not concerned about the smoke in there, summer? There's only one person. Oh, there's a couple people. I don't know. We need to stop paying less attention to the Dunbar Lumber text line. A reminder, if you want to get your... We need to stop paying less attention. We need to stop paying attention to the Dunbar... We need to stop... We need to start paying less attention. Oh, okay. We need to stop paying attention. Yeah. A reminder, if you want to win our contest today, text in to the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. We are giving away uh, a pair of tickets every day this week to the Rugby Sevens. That's a three-day rugby extravaganza. At BC Place, February 23rd to 25th, uh, you can put in a ticket emoji, a rugby ball emoji. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a rugby ball emoji. <laughs> or a tic- or a Canada flag emoji. Just put an emoji in and you could possibly win the tickets. You also have to have a pretty good text as well. I think it's fascinating to um, go behind the scenes as much as you can in setting up an event like this. Oh, I, like you know, all the things that have to go right and all the things you have to think about logistical. Does everyone have a place to stay? Do you remember when they had that Super Bowl in Jacksonville and they're like, ah, we don't have enough hotels. Yeah, we are right? short on or, taxis. Yeah, that sort of thing. You know, um, I mean, that's pretty important. Um, and security, um, you know, we, we don't have the best history when it comes to sporting events. The Olympics was very well managed. Uh, there were plenty of police there, but you also have to understand the vibe of the Olympics. Like, 
the Olympics doesn't have like a history of like, you know, there have been terrorist incidents at the Olympics that you have to be very mindful of, but it doesn't have like, you know, like street battles. We saw, we've seen recently, I think it was in the Euros in Russia, right? It's an like inevitability were, that it'll happen. Like there are just, you know, these fan groups get together and they're drinking all day in the sun and then the plastic chairs start flying and, right. you know, like it's just, it's just what happens and, and it's such a different sporting environment and such a different sporting culture that not everyone is familiar with, which is why I wanted to know, like, do you go and consult? Do you go to, like, we should go to Millwall and talk about talk with their police about how you deal with it. I don't know if anyone listening has ever been to a premiership game, but I went to one a long time ago at Arsenal at their, own sta- at their old stadium. And if you were with the visitors, right, like, you took a separate train into the station – you went a completely separate way into the stadium. There were police on horseback keeping the two crowds together. And this was like Arsenal and uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Like yep. it wasn't it wasn't a big rivalry, but like you have to work together. We're not used to separating fan bases in North America. No. So happen. I don't know if they will even do that. Like I don't know how different the World Cup is from like a local derby in, in, in club soccer. But I know that if you get, you know, England and Germany in the same group, or maybe they're staying in your city, like there is the potential out there for trouble. And the VPD could be like, I don't know what's going on here. Well, okay. That's what you don't want. There is an inherent randomness to the whole thing because rivalries can be born. Like it can be the the spark. It'd just be like the lit, the, the cauldron could be a real simple thing. Like, Oh, all of a sudden this match between uh, Morocco and Bolivia is to decide who goes through to the next round. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden, that clash becomes a potential powder keg, yeah. and the respective supporters' bases just could clash before a match. That Those things happen. Um, there's also historical, geopolitical, traditional rivalries between countries that you have to take into account. Totally. I think Do you everyone, remember when, like, Iran, the last World Cup, what was the group with, like, Iran, the United States, England, and then there was one other country? No, I don't think it was Wales. Well, maybe it was Wales. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it was, it was, but it was kind of like, hey, yeah, it was a geopolitical storm, right? Potentially, like, yeah. Just be careful here. Um, the other thing that I think everyone needs to fully wrap their head around is what uh, Ken Kenny, as I like to call him, I've actually never called him that. Uh, Ken said at the beginning, talking about the just the volume of people that are going to consume this World Cup. I, all due respect to the 2010 Olympics, which were fantastic and global, yeah. they weren't. It, there's a there was there's a lot of countries, dare I say, continents <laughs> that pay zero attention to the Winter Olympics that are going to be yeah. consumed, and I repeat, consumed by this World Cup. Because remember, this is no longer a 32 country World Cup. Mm-hmm. 48 countries are going to be represented at this World Cup. I don't think people understand the magnitude and scope of that. Yeah, this is over a hundred matches. This is going to be a month long thing. It is just—it's so much bigger. You—you you can't even really think put of it, how many World Cup games you watched during the last World Cup. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's you know, me. I mean, some of them are going on at the same time, but most of them are staggered. Like the most you'll have on at any one time really is two or three. 
I would imagine. I, I, you know, I don't even know what it's going to look like. Yeah. Because with a 32-team World Cup, there are days where there are four matches in a day, and you're just con- consumed. You can watch for, I don't know, upwards of six hours consecutively. With 48 teams in a round of 32 knockout, like this just becomes... It's almost too big in a lot of ways, which is some of the criticisms that have been lobbied against FIFA. Mm. It's like this tournament is too big. It's too long. There's too many countries involved. The the logistics just behind. I mean, think about it. You're going to have, theoretically, uh, visitors from, well, not 48 countries because there's three. So 45 countries will be going to the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, mm-hmm. right? That's a, that's a lot of logistics that I'm not sure that everyone's prepared to deal with. Oh, we're getting a bunch of texts about the World Cup into the Dunbar Lumber text line unsigned here. I just hope we get some heavyweights here in Vancouver. Me too. You know, I, I, want, I want the big dogs coming to Vancouver. And I think hosting seven games, including some knockout games, you're, ba- you're bound to get it, mm-hmm. right? You're bound to get it. I was a little disappointed with Canada's draw in the World Cup, just, I mean, with all due respect to Belgium and um, who else were they in with? Well, they ended up being in the, the best group of the yes, tournament. But, but no, I know. <laughs> At the end of it. But do you Morocco know what I mean? ended up being the, the darlings of the tournament. No, but do you know what I mean, right? It was Canada, like, it was Canada Croatia, Belgium, and Morocco. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's with all due respect to Croatia that, you know, they, they always show up at these international tournaments. Um, Croatia was a tremendous story, too. They eliminated Brazil, right? Yeah, but... I get what you're saying. But, but it wasn't Brazil. You wanted Brazil... England. No, I didn't want Germany, England. Germany. But you know what I mean. Yeah, Germany, though, like France or something like that, yeah. you know? Um, but, but if you look at the groups from 2020. There's seven games here. They're, they're going to be, you're going to get at least one or two heavyweights. Like, I get what the texter is saying. For yeah. example, Group A at uh, in Qatar or Qatar was Netherlands, Senegal, Ecuador, and then the hosts, Qatar. So that's a group that if you're not a football aficionado, I'd say you'd probably be like, eh. Can but, people just be happy with what they get? No. That's well, why, not, that's not how we just got works. the World Cup. Now you're nitpicking over the teams that we're going to get? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You guys are insufferable sometimes. It. I'm not doing it. I understand the beauty of watching <laughs> Netherlands and Senegal. Yeah, the World well, Cup, the Netherlands would be huge. I know, but that's right? like but you're saying like with Canada's group you're like, "Eh, like if that was Canada's group, if it was Canada, Ecuador, Senegal and Netherlands, you'd be like, "Eh." I get right. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. want one of like the global It's not You nitpick. got the World Cup? Yes, I know. I'm excited for it. I understand like the inherent beauty of everything, Greg. <laughs> I don't want to see Nigeria here. Oh. I did not say that. That's what you said. Yeah. Somebody in our why, text message. Why don't headline. you want to see Nigeria? <laughs> headline, Somebody in our inbox. Headline, headline, Greg does not care for Nigeria. <laughs> Second headline, Greg. No, they're a second-tier football club, you know? I just <laughs> Country, Greg. It's <laughs> okay. a country. I'm going to do a real quick what we learned, and I'm going to get back into hockey. And, okay. Laddie, I might actually need you for this one. I learned that Jonathan Quick is going to start for the New York Rangers tonight, and this will be his third straight start. And Peter Laviolette, this is all according to our friend Dan Rosen, um, said this was the tentative plan. Igor Shosturkin is getting work with the goalie coach Benoit Allaire. Laviolette said, Shesty is our guy, not Chesty. Shesty is our guy, but they wanted him to have time with Allaire. And Jonathan Quick has earned it. I was looking at uh, Shosturkin's number in the last months. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're bad. They're like well into the 800s. And remember him against the Canucks. He did not look particularly good against the Canucks, although the Canucks scored some terrific goals against him. Um, what do you make of this development? Because the Rangers are, 
you know, a lot of people consider them a Stanley Cup contender or at least a, a team that could make a deep run in the East. But if a lot of their strength is their star goaltender, then that kind of hurts. Well, I think the, another catalyst of this has been how well Jonathan Quick has been playing. So I don't yeah. want to all place it on the blame of Shostyorkin, but, you know, it, he's still a league average goalie. His numbers still bear out to even over the course of this season, but not what you'd expect from Igor Shostyorkin. So. Jonathan Quick got a assist on the overtime winner. Uh, Lafreniere's overtime win the other night. It's He's why you really go good. out and get a guy like Quick, though, right? In case of an emergency or something like this happens, hey, look, we have a, a Stanley Cup winning goaltender who was having a pretty good season in a smaller sample size, but I'm not a, I'm not opposed to going with the flow and going with whoever the hot hand did is. Did you think will be Did you think that Quick was going to be good in New York? Because I know Woodley is that's one of his like sort of mea culpas on the ears. Like I did not see this working out, and it has absolutely worked out. Not really, no, because of how aggressive he is and how the systems he's played in throughout his career have really catered to his style of right. aggressiveness. It would have taken a lot for the Rangers to adjust to that. You'd think, but they're doing a pretty good job. He's got almost 12 goals saved above expected this year. Mukau. Uh, I'll do mine real quick. Uh, This just came out courtesy of the NHL Public Relations. So uh, watch out, Dakota Joshua, who leads the Vancouver Canucks with 145 hits. NHL PR has just announced that as part of the ongoing effort to provide the most accurate statistical accounting possible, the league has performed a comprehensive audit of the hits statistic. League-wide. Oh, okay. So Dakota Joshua currently leads the Vancouver Canucks with 145 hits. Second is JT Miller with 106. And I guess by the end of today, we'll find out if those were accurate or not. I assume that if they're putting this release out, it means like there were some wildly inaccurate hits. Hasn't that been known for years that some buildings will like inflate, give, give, inflate or yeah. you know, like I get, I'd like to be one of those buildings that has a high standard just like that wasn't a hit that wasn't a hit I will now like, that a hit yeah, now yeah, I'm yeah, now this I'm, is a knife do you <laughs> uh, I am very curious now I could have cared less before but now that the NHL is doing its own forensic audit I want to know what buildings are juicing the stats let's find the ones they remove and be like that was a hit come on I know I want to know right yeah. Who are the wimpy, wimpy buildings that Dakota, don't that don't know hockey? That's mad? not a hit. This is a hit. <laughs> okay, out that. It's another timely reference from the Alfred and Bruff show. I think so that you've movie, played Hitty Hitty before. I think that that movie came out in 1985. <laughs> no, you know, it's so like that's a Crocodile Dundee reference. Yeah. Right, I thought it was a Simpsons reference. Nine hundred dollar dues. Yeah, I actually, right. I saw Crocodile Dundee finally like a year ago. I'd never seen it what? before. I know, really? I know, I don't know how it escaped what? me. It passed through me somehow. Well, we're, I, we're, I know we're up against it for break, but it was we're really doing good. this now. It was great. Can you believe that? <laughs> oh, God, I'm glad everyone knows I enjoyed that it. You, you enjoyed it. I recommend you watch Crocodile it. Crocodile yeah. so Apparently, it was around. a big deal in the 80s. Was there a big Australia obsession? Just so, no, yeah, I'm glad you're going like, in that direction. <laughs> there was a time yeah. in our history where Australia was exotic enough to base an entire industry around. It's like, mm-hmm. ooh. The quality Crocodile Dundee started that. I know. And then everyone started drinking Fosters. Yeah. And then... Uh, and Kangaroo Jack came there along. There was an Aussie Rules exhibition yep. at BC Place that they marketed as like, this is no rules. And then you're watching it and you're like, wow, there's a lot of whistles for yeah. no rules. Sure, there seems, seems like there seems to be quite a lot of rules. Also spawning. Yeah, you from- a pamphlet to discuss the that, rules? Yeah, no there, rules, though. There was 40,000 people that showed up for an Aussie Rules football game. Yeah. It was a brief in flirtation. People yeah. wore leather cowboy hats. Yeah, the Simpsons put fun of that in that episode as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yahoo serious? Yeah. I know what those two words mean, but not together, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then we all realized it's like, yeah. 
If you want the Australian experience, you just go to Whistler. And then it's the same Pretty thing. much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, we got to get it. We're up against it for time. Uh, what we learns and the rugby ticket giveaway. The Sevens coming up next on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. We need to do a great job so we can welcome the world, but also we can give uh, all our local businesses, you know, a boost in the arm, so to speak. What a freaking boost. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. 8.35 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. It is what we learn time. Hour three. Real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Uh, before we get to the humanoid, what we learns, I have an update to my earlier what we learned. So during the show. Keep on learning. Yeah, I'm just learning and learning and learning. While we were talking to uh, Ken Sim, Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim, the NHL put out a press release that for reasons that I still am not sure about, unbeknownst to me, they're doing a forensic audit of some of their statistics, specifically the hits statistic. I don't know who asked for this. I don't know what prompted this. I, I don't. Can you can you wager on hits per game? Yeah, that was, my, that was my first thought. It was a gambling thing. So right away, I said, let's make this local, okay? Like, we're being accused of not talking enough about the Canucks, even though it feels like we've done it all show. Uh, who leads the Canucks in hits? Well... It's Dakota Joshua with 145. I wonder how this audit will affect Dakota Joshua. Well, I'll tell you what. This audit showed that Dakota Joshua is an even better hitter <laughs> than we thought. Changed. He is now up to 176 hits on the season. That means that the only forward in the NHL with more is New York Islanders forward Cal Clutterbuck. He has he, a, He's in the body checking Hall of Fame. He is. He's a hits guy. Clutterbuck, he's just gold hit after hit after hit. It's what he does. JT Miller, 128. So he's up from 106. Who would you guess? Oh, you're looking at it right now. That's a really tough one. Who would you guess has the most hits among defensemen? In the NHL? No, no, no. Among Canucks. Oh, I haven't looked at it. Um, Most hits among defensemen? On the Canucks. Cole? Juleson. Juleson. I was going to say Juleson. I, yeah. I would have thought despite that he only wasn't playing, in the, yeah. Despite in, only playing in 33 games, he has uh, 97 hits. Uh, they actually calculate hits per 60. Nice. So Dakota, Dakota Joshua still has that, and Juleson is second. And uh, because he didn't play many games and he was hitting, uh, Jack Stadnika is third. <laughs> <laughs> the NHL leader in hits, by the way, if you're at all curious about this audit, uh, Jeremy Lozon, the defenseman from Nashville. 
He's like, Usher, just hit after hit after hit. That's a timely reference because of the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's like, like, we got to get this puck out. Yeah. Please. Anyway, if anyone can explain to me why they're doing this, feel free. Dunbar number text line is 650-650. Now, do you have anything else? No, no, no. Let's print out some submissions here. Let's do it. Oh, right. You do. I'm sorry. We're moo cowing. Because real quick, Laddie, go. I think Adog has one, too. Adog, go. Someone go. Quickly. Move. Fast. I go. have one ready. Go. Well, go. My, what we learned is uh, I call games for the Delta Icehawks, yes. as you guys know. Yes. Uh, they've been very good to me. They won the championship last year in Game 7 overtime. Had a great call of that one. Yep. Uh, I got to call the all-time franchise leader in points last night in the second last game of the year, the penultimate game of the season. Carson Merriman scored his 182nd point as a Delta Icehawk to become the all-time franchise leader in scoring. It was uh, quite the moment. All the benches, the benches cleared. Everyone... From the Ice Hawks came out and celebrated. It was a do nice re- moment. Do they retire jerseys? Uh, you can in junior hockey. It's yeah. not common. but uh, Put his number 88 in the rafters? Put it up there. He got a pass from his twin brother, Connor. Oh. Pass across. Tapped it home. What a moment it was at the Ladner Leisure Center last night. Nice one. Okay, now unfortunately we have to mook out. <laughs> I love how it's called the Ladner Leisure Center. <laughs> <laughs> what that happens here? Oh, some pretty hard-nosed hockey. <laughs> There's a pool. <laughs> People just generally take their it's more time. more than just a rink. There's, there's other things. What happens here? We have a pool. Uh, Andy, go. I'll do a quick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I learned yesterday that little John, little John, little sorry. John. Little John. Little John. Tiny John. Little Jonathan. Uh, yeah, little Jonathan is coming out with a guided meditation album, TMZ reports. It's a 10-track project that is reportedly scheduled to drop on February the 16th. Little John is making a guided oh meditation God. album. I'll never forget when we were at 1040... Um, <laughs> Pratt during interviews used to chime in very subtly with all of Little John's catchphrases. <laughs> He'd be like, "What? <laughs> okay." And then if someone made a good point, he'd go, yeah. But he'd do it subtly. Yeah. And I was like, is Do you Pat- think that's going to happen during the guided meditation? That might just be a little uh, a little jarring. And now cross your legs yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Can you feel what? in your nose? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Pratt knew he was doing it. I'm like, the Pratt-Lil John crossover we never knew existed or needed. Uh, but that was it. He was yeah. a huge Little John fan. <laughs> Pratt loved Little John. As we, okay. we got that listener, Big John, too. I wonder if he's going to purchase uh, the Little John that's right. <laughs> meditation. We got to listen to that, and we got to play a little bit of it. Uh, give us a moo cow on that. And now we got to start printing out some submissions, because there were some good ones yep. into the Dunbar Lumber text line. What? Uh, what we learned, <laughs> Humanoid Edition, is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Okay. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audit, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Yeah! My voice is cracking now. Something like Kermit. Visit them at GetFirePlan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! I'm not going to do it anymore. What? That was good timing, actually. That was good timing. You can't believe you're not going to do it anymore. Uh, Okay, congratulations. No, little John, I already said I'm not going to. Okay! (laughs) Congratulations to Scott. We had a very funny what we learned. Everyone was talking about all 200 feet of Lindholm when we should have just been talking about just the tip. Oh. Hey. hey. All right, I like it. I'll give him the tickets. Yeah. He earned it. Yeah. Two tips. 
Not just the sing- singular tip. We were promised he'd bring all 200 feet. Yeah. All he did was bring just, just the, the tip. tip. Yeah. Play a little game called just the Congratulations, tip. Congratulations, Scott. Uh, I liked your more wholesome, he's a good tipper joke. Mm-hmm. I don't like taking the low-hanging fruit, unlike Scott. but uh, Another Scott. Maybe the same one? Different one. I don't know. What we learned, remember going to the P&E when you'd pay some random guy 20 bucks to park in his backyard? Yep. That's going to be the World Cup, but with places to sleep. <laughs> also, Scott says, my patio is available for $700. Yeah. You know what? I'm always hesitant to say, like, it's going to be crazy because I remember during the Olympics, a lot of people were like, I'm heading out of town for the Olympics. I, you know, they're, they're believe it or not. There are some people in this world that don't care for sports. And, what? <laughs> and they they don't really want to be around for these events. And they're like, well, we can make money uh, airbnb or renting our place out. Um, so they leave. And, like, the the push is always, like, or, like, the the tightness of the market is is, is sometimes overstated. Yeah. And there's lots of places to stay because people head out of town. Now, I do remember... People during the Olympics going like, I'm out, I'm going out of town. I don't want to be here for that. And then going, that is one of the biggest regrets of my life yeah. that I wasn't here for the Olympics in Vancouver because what a party that was. Well, also, and I want to reiterate this, the World Cup is going to be so much bigger than the Olympics just in terms of uh, visitors. It just is. I'd be curious about the actual f- physical number of visitors to the city because the Olympics did have a lot of people that had to come into town. I know, and everyone had to come just to Vancouver as opposed to everyone being expert. But imagine, like imagine if you draw... Uh, uh, Brazil or Argentina in and they're playing group stage games in Vancouver. Like, yeah, that is going to. How be many people visit a crush the city? Of humanity. How many people visit the city just to be in the city while it's on, as opposed to like, do they come even if they don't have tickets to the game? Just I mean, you've a party. Got, you've got a sort of three pronged approach. One is uh, people that just want to go and get tickets wherever they can. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they just book their trip around the World Cup, and mm-hmm. then we'll go wherever we can find affordable tickets or affordable yeah. lodging. Then there's the people that follow their country partic- specifically. Right. And then, um, you know, it used to be held to just one country. So right. it would be like a vacation. Like, we're going to this country. We're going around. Now it's mm-hmm. going to be. I could see people very much being like seven games in Vancouver in the summer. Tremendous destination. for like. They, I could see tons of people planning a trip around that. Unsigned, what we learned, is it not obvious that the third line should be called the no-name line? They are just as effective as the top brands, but without the flashy label and higher price. I don't mind that. I'm just, uh, if, if nobody minds, I'm just going to keep calling them the third line. Third line's fine. Someone, Roscoe on Twitter, wrote in this morning on Halford & Bruff. Unsure who said it. It was me, by the way, Halford. Um, Bluger has really tied the room together. All of the big Lebowski. It's kind of spot on. The Lebowski line or the rug line. The rug line is funny, but it would take a lot of explaining. Yeah. Okay, first of all, you got to watch this movie. Yeah. And it's a, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's clever. I, it's, I think the third line is the appropriate name because Garland's like, we don't need a line. We're the third line. I'm like, you just came up with a name, the third line. A uh, great nickname. Unsigned what we learned after listening to the All-Star Weekend interviews over the weekend. It's obvious that obvious is obviously the most obvious word that players will obviously use during an interview. It's obviously obvious. Uh, Lindholm is a big obvious guy. Yeah. He's he's brought up the Canucks obvious, obviously, per 60. Um, and they lost a lot of that when, obviously, Horvat, Horvat. was traded. I was yeah. just going to say that. Yeah. 
We try. Uh, there's a couple of words that we lean on far too frequently. Mm. Both of us say like a lot. I know. We're like, like we're in Sweet Valley High. Yeah. Like I went to like the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. We do that a lot. It's a tough one. In real time. And I use real time a lot. Mm-hmm. I've used it in real time. <laughs> but um, obviously as a staple. And I'm not really sure why for the hockey players. I think it's a good transitional term. It's a thinking term. Word. When yeah. You, you don't exactly. want to say a swear word. Instead. In real, when you're in real time. Yeah. And you're thinking about where you like want to go. <laughs> obviously, obviously. The way is to go. I've been trying to cut down literally at home. Yeah. Kids really lean into the literally. My kid uses it all the time. So infuriating. Improperly. Do you know what also bugs me about kids is when they start a sentence with wait. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. What do you think? Who do you think I am? Like, wait. Wait. I also find a lot of kids saying bro a lot. Oh, yeah. I've been getting that. My kid from young kids. My kid broed me the other day. He broed you? Yeah, don't bro me. Bro, bro. I'm your father. Don't bro me. AJ from Nanaimo. Now I'm going to have to trust AJ's stats here. Okay. But I like them, so I'm going to run with them. I learned that the Oilers are 4-10 and 10 against top 10 teams in the league. The Canucks record against top 10 teams in the league, 9-2-2. Two two. This, this is one of these ones where we have to implicitly trust the texter that they've got the stats right. Because mm-hmm. if it is right, it is alarming. And there have been a number of people. For the Oilers. Yeah. Who have pointed out that the Oilers' 16-game winning streak should carry some sort of asterisk because it wasn't against good enough teams? I pushed back on that a little bit and said, "I pushed back a lot. 16 wins in a row." And they were also um, the goal differential at one point was plus 30, so mm-hmm. it's not like they were scraping by. Near the end, you started to see it a little bit more. They were winning a lot more tight games where they kind of just play the first two periods fine and then turn it on yeah. in the third. And it's like we can do that because we're playing Columbus. West End Mike. And Connor McDavid just can't win the big games. Yeah. You know, it just like it all came down to that again against Vegas, right? Yeah. All comes down to the big moments. Can you get over the hump when you absolutely need to win a game? Can you bring your best? Laddie nope. absolutely nope. astutely pointed out that winning 16 games is what you need to win the Stanley Cup. But everyone knows the 17th <laughs> might be the most important. Mm-hmm. Juan from Comox. For the winning the learned. banner raising is always the toughest. Right, it's like game eight. <laughs> <laughs> Wish the Canucks won. Juan, it's a big win. Juan from Comox. What we learned. I learned that the Whitecaps are playing tonight. In Victoria. They got kicked out of BC Place due to the boat show. Uh, the Whitecaps season does begin tonight. February 7th. It's unbelievable how long an MLS campaign can be with all the secondary and tertiary competitions. So it's CONCACAF Champions League. And uh, Tigres from Mexico gets to go to Victoria. They get to do the whole Victoria experience and go to Starlight Stadium and play a game. Langford, right? Sure. I'm apologizing. Yeah. I, you know, you, you that's say, a nice little stadium. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And I apologize to anyone in Langford's like, we're not Victoria. I just meant going mm-hmm. to okay, Vancouver Island. Is that better? I went to Bear Mountain for a vacation like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't been in that area for quite a while. I could not believe all the construction in Langford. I was yeah. like, this place is crazy. It's a city on the grow. It is a city on the grow. I heard they're getting a monorail. <laughs> uh, basketball Phil, hashtag WWL, what we learned. It's like Brockville. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, the NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. Expect the Raptors to continue to blow it up. And a couple of Canadian ballers are rumored to be on the move. Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Olenek. Names are both being mentioned as guys who could be traded. My my question for the Raptors blowing it up is what what else is there to detonate? Because yeah. they've already traded away OG and Pascal. I guess Gary Trent Jr.'s name has been out there. A handful of Jakob Podol. But I nice to see Scotty Barnes get in the All Star game though. After his coach was really pulling for him there, right him now the he said league. face of the league, and, and then the commissioner's like, "Well, we'll sneak him in." But before you become face of the league, you have to become injury replacement for All Star game, which is what Scotty got today. So congrats to Scotty Barnes. The Raptors are real bad right now. I don't know if you saw they got just absolutely annihilated by New Orleans. Didn't the other they day. blow a huge lead too? Uh, that that was a couple games. Their, their right. most recent game. It was so uh, brief tangent here. I know we're up against it for time. Basketball um, talk. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the Pelicans. He mm. has this move where he stands in the corner of the court and hides when the uh, opposition team tries to inbound the ball after a made bucket. How does he hide? He literally stands in the corner of the court and looks away. Like, he tries to pretend like he's not on the court. Does I'm he, dead like, serious. pull his shirt over his face No, but he just he turns his back to the play, and he oh, almost okay. makes it look like he's out of bounds. He's like... Peanuts, get your peanuts. And then after selling the peanuts, he scampers in and steals the ball from an unsuspecting ball handler. Ah, the peanuts maneuver. <laughs> he, classic. He did it against the Raptors when they were up by 40. Oh. And the play-by-play guys, they went silent for a minute, and then they're like, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Like, it was funny. He was having a good time, and it was the Raptors, and they're so bad. Who cares? But it was pretty, it was, it was pretty greasy. Are you paying attention much to the Raptors, or like you're a Raptors fan? Yeah, well, I, I mean it's bad yeah. right now. It's bad. Yeah, I don't mind. But dark... like, will you watch a game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, like, I got I watch bits and pieces of that Pell's game. I was like, this is pretty rough. It's not really compelling stuff. Right it's now. really bad. No. They're really they're not a good. We had team. our first Scotty's... Raptors guest like three weeks ago, and it was like halfway through the season, <laughs> and it ran out of steam. <laughs> to give you so an idea. Quick. I'm like, ah, you and people we'll were like, hey, where's draft. all the Raptors talk? Yeah, we'll just get to you at the draft. Uh, John and Callwood, what we learned: Kuzmenko and the Flames both had their best game of the season last night. Some Flames fans, after watching the game and seeing Kuz's post game interview, were already declaring him their new favorite player on the team. Even though the Flames are a hated rival, I love to see this. For him, yeah, I don't think there are many people that don't want Kuzmenko to succeed. I, I just wonder where, like, does he? There's like again, does he have a long term future in Calgary, or do the Flames see him as potentially a player they could flip yeah. next season? Does he want to be in Calgary long term, or is he going to want to go somewhere else? Uh, I'll be curious to see um, if he finds. A fit in Calgary because if he does find a fit in Calgary, it might be smart for him to just stay there. They made him do a speech yesterday, by the way, after the game. Oh, really? Yeah, they gave him his puck. And, was it adorable? Uh, he kept it short and sweet. It was like when it was. I, let's go to playoffs, boys. I'm like, oh, I look forward to all new friends. Yeah, like it was great. He was happy. He was talking to Markstrom after the game. They had him mic'd up. I couldn't understand a word of what was going on, but he seemed happy. So good for him. Uh, table saw James with what we learned. <laughs> Read My buddy was literally just telling me yesterday that either of the kids, he uh, that if either of the kids he was driving home from basketball said bro one more time, he was obviously going to like literally stop the truck and make them bros walk all the way home. Yeah. Bro yeah. is out there. Well, bro, bruv, bruh. I used to say, I used to say, in this country, English is bruv. I'm so old that I remember we used to say, like, that was choice. (laughs) 
choice. Please wow. stop talking. Please stop talking. And sometimes so we nice. would combine choice and awesome, and we'd be like, that was awesome. <laughs> All right. Got beat a blood, didn't yeah. you? It's been another bit of another pretty rad episode of the yeah. Hollywood Rap Show. Tubular, even. Hey, rad I can, get, yeah. rad, rad I can deal with. That's, yeah. That's good Go one. and check out that new uh, new film out of Australia, Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> it's a classic. I think you'll really like it. The new okay. Ta- the new tagline for Crocodile Dundee is Andy Cole says it's fine. Okay, we got to get out of here, but we will be back tomorrow. Signing off, I have been Mike Alfred. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah.